What is up, everyone? Welcome to L2R2 PlayStation Podcast. My name is Fonzie. I'm joined by my co-host, Cal Monroe from Cross Upon. Calum, how you been? Very good. I've just noticed we've got the uh, same head- headset on, actually. It makes us look very, very professional. Yeah, I have this Corsair <laughs> Dilio. Do you have the same yeah. one? Yeah, the Ooh. HS30 or something. It's, uh, yeah. I forget. It came with a little dongle that like lets it be a USB yes. a one. Yeah. And then a, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Makes us look very, very professional and <laughs> like on the on the same. Uh, our parent company bought us these. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're sponsored, but no one really yeah. <laughs> cares enough to send us stuff. Yeah. I bought these when I was super hard into the uh, Infinite, um, Halo Infinite multiplayer. And I was like, oh, I got to be able to hear footsteps and little, you know, uh, a grenade hitting the corner of a wall and then it they work great you know they work yeah. um, awesome but it's like i'm not any better because of these headphones but i was go down the uh, rabbit hole finding the best cheapest one which used to like 30 <laughs> bucks at the time they were actually not too bad yeah, yeah they're really well they're actually the ones we get um like at, at work just you know if someone needs like a new pair of uh, new headsets i think we just get these because they're really cheap and they do the job and uh yeah they're, they're, they're great nice nice yep i can hear you so that's that's it's doing half yeah. the battle, but um, yeah, and I can hear you. So, <laughs> well, there we be, go. Good. <laughs> it's a glaring review. Well, Callum, how you been? Yeah, good. Um, yeah, been you know, I was a bit, bit wasn't feeling too great last week, but feeling better, better now. And uh, yeah, just been busy. Um, you know, years winding down. So it's kind of like a a mixture of you know people starting to not really care too much. I I always get that like kind of sense of um i just like i'll I'll start working hard in the new year kind of kind <laughs> kind of feeling and i think like everybody else is kind of in in a similar boat uh at work so it's a kind of just slow moving time of year and as i said to you before we're covid's getting back up to you know lockdown territory so um that's uh gonna be fun to to deal with as well but just looking forward to christmas and the break and you know getting to see my family and and everything but yeah other than that all, all good do you have to go through the stress of buying a bunch of gifts for everybody how do you guys deal with that do you guys do it like a raffle thing or you just show up and your presence is a present yeah i think so i mean i'm very lucky my, my family are like really really nice and and everything but that kind of backfires in that they you know i always get you know, really really nice stuff at christmas from all of my family like from my parents my sisters my brothers um everybody so um i always feel obliged to return return the favor so I, I did some shopping yesterday actually which i always find really really stressful um i normally just do it all online but uh i i uh, I, I decided to do it in in the flesh this year for some Ooh. reason um but yeah so i'm nearly there um nearly done should be all right but i think the the the, the main struggle will be taking all the presents with me because uh, i'm getting a flight to to scotland <laughs> so i'm hoping that that's uh that i'll be able to fit everything <laughs> yeah good luck with that it's gonna suck <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if you get your got your fam all ps5s and you just you're also just a walking you know waiting to be robbed person but then physically having to travel with those yeah that sucks yeah yeah especially uh, in uh in some parts of scotland they'll uh yeah they'll, they'll sniff it out i think right right <laughs> which uh that reminds me i watched a movie that I feel like I was connected to you and your culture, not really, but it's called The Last Duel, and it takes place. Mm-hmm. It's this uh, epic story that uh, really happened in like the 1400s, 13, late 1300s, but it's the last duel that happened in France, and um, 
And there's there's these various battles that sometimes happen in Scotland, but it's like France against uh, the English at the time. And it's dope. It's super duper dope. I highly recommend a few. I feel like it's right up your alley too, but you got to watch it. It's um, Ridley Scott, well-known director and like yeah. star-studded cast. And man, it's so freaking good. You got to watch it. Is that, is that is on Disney Plus, isn't it? No, you can. Okay. It, it was in theaters and now you can rent it or, or buy it. We bought it for 20 bucks. I wanted to see okay. it in theaters, but it just like it. I don't, I, don't know where, I don't know where it played, but it was gone and, you know, very quickly. And then yeah. he was also kind of... Um, uh, online he was being uh rotated around various outlets because he was blaming millennials and their phones for not watching his movie and it's like me and my wife are like we wanted to see the movie we tried to go see it in theaters like to support it and we just couldn't get it so we bought it for 20 bucks yeah. but yeah I, I have actually seen i think i saw it because of that that like news story about him yeah. uh, moaning about people not seeing it um but yeah no i do want to see it. i do i do really love films uh like that um but i, I don't know if we might have talked about it before but um you know on the topic of like medieval kind of scotland there's a great film on uh, netflix called the outlaw king which i don't know if you've seen no um which has got it's actually got chris pine in it of all people uh the bruce um he's a very famous scottish king um and is it's it's a great 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 uh movie i mean i might be a little bit biased but i love the you know the history of scotland you know trying to liberate themselves from from the english and and everything and it does a really good job of kind of painting that that kind of picture um so yeah definitely recommend that as well but um yeah i think i, I will definitely watch the last jokes like you said that's definitely up my alley i love um you know history things anything with swords really um i like uh, you know yeah. swords and then you'll be you'll love it does chris pine pull off does he try to do the scott scotland accent yeah i mean i, I i'd have to watch it again to really like I'm I'm normally quite not not very good at like really knowing if someone's doing a good accent because I'm not very good at them myself, um, and I'm not very good at you know knowing if like someone's a good actor actor or not. I don't think. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought he was great, and I haven't heard uh, all I've heard about the movie, um, and from like friends and family who are Scottish, um, they really enjoyed it as well. So, uh, I think yeah, I think I think he does a good job. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really it's a really strange casting choice especially because the rest of the cast are predominantly scottish and english um mm. you know when they're when for, for their characters and so you know that it, it might have been that might be a big reason why he was uh he was chosen as well i mean obviously he's a big name but um considering the rest of the cast are going to have spot on accents because that's where they're from it was probably a, a right. big part of it yeah and this one in the last duel so uh, it takes place in France, so these are French people, and although they do this thing, which happens a lot of time in the movies, it's pretty much all predominantly like American actors, but instead of doing any kind of like French twist or obviously, you know, do the whole uh, movie in French, they just kind of have this pseudo British accent. And they just call it a day. Like, that sounds like it's uh, roughly in this time period. Yeah. All right, we're good. It's just kind of a sort of British accent. It's kind of weird it doesn't take you out but like i kept thinking that as i'm watching movie it's like okay it is weird. i think it's like even in like things like gladiator and like Rome, Same thing. I mean, we get a lot of like roman stuff as well they all have kind of like british accents and yeah. uh which i don't know what it is i mean i don't i i get the kind of like i guess there's a bit of like dissonance there where you've just got to kind of accept it but i mean they do it even in like fictional like fantasy things that have that kind of like you know old school old yeah. english medieval kind of vibe to them but I, I, I don't know it is it is strange um but uh i mean if i was 
if I was watching something, you know, set in Scotland and everyone and all the Scottish characters were speaking with English accents, I would probably be a bit miffed. So I don't know how like French speaking people feel about it, but right. um, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a tough one. Um, but uh, that, that it, you reminded me actually talking of like kind of like the cultures kind of clashing is uh, I've been watching on Apple TV, Ted Lasso. Uh, gotta watch that my buddy speak. gavin's into that too and everybody's yeah. into it i gotta watch it you liking it it's yeah I, it's very very difficult to put to put down uh to stop watching i think i watched like basically the whole first series in like one evening yeah um uh but yeah it's, it's really really good and you know i you know i love football um so i, I was kind of not sure what to expect i'd had really good things so i, I assumed it would be good but it's just so like it's it's not like the funniest thing like if you watch something like you know like always sunny in philadelphia where it's just constantly hilarious it's not i mean it tries to be funny a lot but it's not it doesn't get the same kind of laughs at me but it's just so feel good like it just makes you feel like it's just such a happy like heartwarming show so yeah i definitely recommend that as well um but yeah it's, it's qu quite funny to watch you know because it's very american in a lot of ways but that does quite you know a good job of uh playing on like some british tropes as well with with the football and everything so yeah that, that's a that's a good one as well nice yeah that's on my list i gotta watch that um there's also there's so many shows i don't know if you have the same reaction where if somebody keeps telling me a show is dope i just have this reaction of going oh, okay i'm just not gonna watch it i don't know if enough people tell me to watch it i just don't and so just like game of thrones i waited so long to watch that show and of course it's amazing but because everyone was just up everyone's butt about it, you gotta watch you gotta watch i'm like i just kind of have this weird you know, anti-reaction to it, but I got to yeah. watch Ted Lasso. Yeah, I definitely feel, especially with films, um, it kind of, it kind of sets your expectations for you, doesn't it? Which is never, sometimes not a good thing. Like I went to see the new Dune movie and, um, you know, I thought it was, it was good, but I'd been like, I, I, I don't think there's ever been a film I've gone to see where I'd heard such good things, like people comparing it to Lord of the Rings and everything. So I was like really expecting like, a, you know like a, a lord of the rings uh scale masterpiece which you know is definitely probably my fault for doing that but it can you know ruin films for you because if a film isn't what you're expecting it then it kind of exaggerates the the parts that aren't quite as as you know good as as maybe they could have been um so yeah i definitely feel that i i, I that's kind of i get worried about watching things that people say are really good because then i'll be like really scrutinizing it <laughs> Yeah, there's already, there's so many, we've said it before, it's like there's so many good shows that I don't know, we don't have the time to to watch them all and it's a bummer because there's just so much good content and it's a really dumb thing to complain about, but it's it's tough, man. It's yeah. a hard life to <laughs> sit down yeah. and watch all this stuff, but there's such good stuff yeah. out there. It's same with games as well. Like yeah. it's just, uh, it's it's stressful. Um, and I'm, I, I'm hoping that one day it will like stop jading me and I'll, I'll stop caring because I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I just stopped caring and now I just play and watch what I want to watch. But it's still like I look at Game Pass or I look at just the games I already own and it just like stresses me out beyond belief because I, I just want to play everything. And it's like that. There's like a saying, isn't there? It's like you try and watch like a whole series of TV in like 20 minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So it is. It's uh, very stressful. Speaking of games, did you play anything during these past couple weeks? Uh, so the majority of things I will have to speak about are not on PlayStation. So I'll start with uh, what I did Same. play on PlayStation. Um, and that was I finished Mafia. Uh, I finished oh. uh, 
Ratchet Definitive Edition, uh, which I really, really enjoyed, actually. It's very kind of simple gameplay-wise, you know, quite repetitive and, and everything, but I, I thought the story was really cool, and I never played the original, um, so, so I probably would have preferred it even more if I had, because I know that, I mean, the game looks looks gorgeous, so, um, but, you know, I bet it was really, really good to to play it after playing the old one. But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the story, and it's like, it's really made me want to play the second one as well which i know didn't get the best remaster compared to the first one but um yeah so it it really surprised me i didn't expect to like it as much as i did um but uh, yeah really enjoyed that and i also bought far cry 5 because it was on offer for a ridiculous uh price so i played a little bit of that as well so far cry 5 not the new one far cry 6 Oh, yeah, not the new one. Uh, it was Far Cry 5, like Gold Edition. It comes with like a bunch of DLC. It comes with Far Cry 3 as well. And the New Dawn, is it called? Oh, the yeah. expansion. Yep. It was like £20. So I thought, you know, I might as well grab that. A friend had told me that he had been enjoying enjoying it. So I got that. And yeah, that that's that's been fun. I mean, it's you kind of know what to expect with Far Cry. It's I mean, the only yes. the last Far Cry game I played was 3 and... Even with this one, I was like, yeah, this is pretty much exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new setting and uh, they look gorgeous. That's one thing is that their engine yeah. is always optimized and looks great. And you can play co-op too. So you can play with your buddy like through the entire single player. Um, what do you think so far of what you've been playing with Far Cry 5? Uh, yeah, I think the intro is awesome. Um, like really, really atmospheric and very moody. And then it kind of just it just gets very gamey very quickly um one thing i do really like about it and one thing i like about a lot of ubisoft games i've played most notably um, assassin's creed origins did this best um is the world is like really um realistically put together so um for example the first place i like cleared was like an orchard uh farm and they had like a packaging center which is like its own thing and it's just very like little bits of environmental storytelling like that which i find uh like really interesting and um and it, and it makes me kind of like more want to explore more and and take my time as well which i struggle to do with uh with games like that and uh so yeah it, it's it seems cool um i don't know whether i'll really get back to it much just because uh and we can sort of segue into this as well i've been playing a lot of halo uh Ooh. which is comparable i'd say to far cry but uh also very different yeah, are you playing the? Because we talked about multiplayer a couple weeks ago. Are you playing the campaign now? I am. Yes. Nice. What do you think? And then also, have you played the other Halos? Um, you know, how do you feel about your your time playing the other Halos and this one kind of compared to it? Because it's more, it's almost like a spiritual reboot, although it's the story continuing. Yeah, I um, I played. So I've played the first three and Reach. I haven't played Halo Wars one and two, which I know the second one has actually got quite a lot to do with with this storyline. Um, yeah. And I haven't played four or five, but I did watch a like a twenty minute recap video. Um, so cause I, the plan was I was going to play the the others before it came out, but suddenly I blinked and it was December and it it came right. out, so I didn't really get the time to. But um, I've, I've been really really enjoying it. I think it took a it took a little while to. I, I think I've always been enjoying the gameplay, but it took a little while for me to really like get it. If that makes sense, like really get how the game wants you to play it and and everything um but now it's uh, I'm, i don't know how long far i am in maybe 10 hours or so um i feel like i'm pretty far in maybe halfway um but yeah i'm really 
really uh drawn in now like really really enjoying it uh really starting to yeah understand you know what all the different things in the environment do um the the weapons the you know the different like missions you get that can that can you know get you like different variants of weapons and things like that um so yeah really really enjoying it i think the story's good um i don't think the story's ever been the strong point of halo anyway i think it's always been about the gameplay so and that for me has is is so much fun it's just like a big you know open sandbox and i think that it you know playing games like halo reach and the more recent ones and and halo one actually um you even though they're not open world the the open world missions in this still feel like that um they're, they're very like multi-part and it, it, they they always involve like big open spaces anyway so i think it feels like right at home and uh yeah really really enjoying my time with it yeah same i've been um uh neck deep in in halo infinite and i, I would say around, i'm around the same time roughly the ur2 and yeah just uh, i grew up you know playing them and, and loving the the originals um up until about like four then it kind of dropped off and then five didn't play at all and it had mixed uh reception on it but um there's a level on the original halo uh, combat evolved called the silent cartographer and i always loved that level i actually had a demo disc that came just with that level and it's basically it's like in the devs have talked about this being an inspiration where infinite is basically like that level just times a thousand where you can in that original level it's this island that has its nooks, nooks and crannies on the inside and then also this huge area on the outside and you're free to explore it from the get-go and this is that infinite lets you just roam around there's still these barriers and stuff it's not like you're going around the entire ring but it's super open and you get to just use that same sandbox kind of gameplay you're talking about and yeah it's a blast i love how they kind of force you to or they really incentivize you, you to use the environment around you so there's a lot of these little um explodable power cube things throwing those around switching your weapons grabbing new weapons using the grappling hook i love that mechanic now and i'm just swinging around like spider-man basically everywhere or you know using it to to grab people them or jump over to aliens and then just like melee them the mix of the combat and, and the shooting is just so good and it's really tight and yeah i love it just nothing but positive stuff to say about it yeah yeah i i completely agree and i think the reason i i it maybe took me a little bit to get into i think is because i think when you first start i mean the first couple of levels where, where it's a little bit more linear i thought that was great it was really really cool um you know it felt very halo-y and then but as soon as you it opens up a little bit i just found it a little bit it was a bit too open without too much like direction and it, it gives you a lot to do so i was kind of like oh is this going to be the whole game where you know where it's like far cry where you right. have like a main mission but it's very open-ended and you can do what you like but as it gets further and further it it kind of gives you objectives but in like a in like a portion of the map so you can kind of do things on the way to each of your objectives and the difficulty really ramps up as well um after the the part they showed in the demo you know with the aa guns um i found after that the difficulty really ramps up and so you're kind of forced to like use your fob bases to as like base camps to like you know spawn vehicles and get you know support from the marines and uh and everything and and one thing i love as well are the the targets like the what they call them the hvts yeah um i just i love those encounters and i love that they all yield like a uh a, a unique weapon variant um which cut which then like makes your life easier because you can then spawn those at your bases as well and um i just think it yeah i just think it's really 
really great. Uh, I really, really enjoy it. And that's, and, you know, I'm enjoying all of that with, without even thinking about the story, which I feel like is probably going to ramp up a little bit, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really, really great. I'm having a really, really good time with it. Yeah, there's been, I've been listening to a bunch of different podcasts, kind of give reviews, break it down. And with 343, they have this, they're in this tough spot where they have to try and bring new fans in or fans back in that haven't played in a while, but still continue the story. So it's a weird way of how do we let stuff unfold, but then tell you you have to care about it, but then also have these nuggets and this, this new story that unfolds for veteran players so that the you know story continues. I think they, you know, seem to nail a good balance where if you had know nothing about it, it's still fun to jump into because they'll follow, follow some of the same beats in the uh, original. And yeah, and it's it's still, you can blast your way through it and, you know, not have to care about the story at all. And yeah, really, really cool. Um, one thing I love is uh, the the sound component to, to everything just sounds really good. Um, but also the um, the enemies, the stuff they'll say to you feels really natural and it kind of and changes feels dynamic every time with once they kill you the thing the the the, the crap they'll talk to you but also the grunts when i'm walking around hearing them talk about master chief or then just like to still talk crap about master chief as they're losing they're just yeah. hilarious yeah and then they start running away <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is uh yeah it is really funny I, in fact I, I noticed it is quite funny quite a lot of the time especially with um the the new ai and everything she's she's you know quite quirky and uh, has a lot of quips um and yeah I, I i at first i was a bit like i was worried that they kind of like marveled it you know just trying to make it just right. funny um but it actually works really well and i think with like master chief's kind of dryness as well it, it, it does it does you know work work super well so um yeah, it's been it's it's definitely been a joy to play, and it's nice to play something that does play so well that you don't even need to really worry about the story. Because I think that was one thing I was worrying about was because I haven't played four and five, and I watched the recap, and it sounds like after three, and even after Reach, it gets very convoluted. It was that reminded me of like Kingdom Hearts, where I was trying to like remember like all the names uh. of these different like races and and what they'd done and because before in like the first three halos it's very simple you know you had the covenant and uh and these rings and the flood and everything and then it just gets very uh almost like ridiculous um so i was a bit worried but i, I you know self-contained uh in this game I, I really like the banished i think they're really really cool uh you know, concept for like a, a, an enemy for enemies and um i'm interested in kind of what's going on with uh cortana and and this ring and everything so it's definitely got a little bit of a pull um uh sort of with its like original story but yeah i, I was a bit worried at first just because like i said i hadn't played four and five i didn't know all this new stuff they had added in with like all the the forerunners or whatever they're called and mm -hmm. uh you know all this like really really strange like out uh for even for halo like outer worldly stuff um so yeah i'm I'm just really really impressed with it. i don't really have any negative things to say about it yeah i'm having a blast playing it and uh, i'm playing on the i'm swapping between playing on pc and then also on my xbox series s and i think you had gotten the s as well um <laughs> what are you playing it on yeah i'm playing on series s um i played it initially on my uh 1440p monitor because i wasn't sure and i'm still not too sure it's a little bit um muddy on uh how it runs because you've got like the four consoles and the pc so it's difficult to really <laughs> figure out um like what's the best way to play it um but i've noticed 
that on quality mode it runs really really badly on the series mm. s this is both on my 1440p screen and my 4k tv um it i mean it's like sub 30 fps for sure um like really really juddery um but on performance mode it doesn't look any worse and it you know runs buttery smooth i think it's maybe it's probably a bit a lot smoother on my 1440p monitor but uh it's still you know runs really really nicely on the on the tv as well yeah same i'm using my s and then uh just primarily performance mode just to keep that 60 and i think that frame rate really needs to be there for this type mm. of gameplay i did d jump on on my pc and you know it runs really great I'm, i can do like max settings 1440p uh but because you're in this open world the frame rate is just like just jumping around like 30 frames at a time like going to 90 going to back to 60 and it's just like and i find myself just focusing on that whether yeah. i can act visually notice it or not so i just okay and i'll just play on the series s and it is kind of a visual downgrade slightly but um it still looks fine and it runs at 60 so i just keep it there yeah i think you can i mean if you could probably cap it i guess i don't know if you tried capping the frame rate just in case yeah i need to but, mess with that um but yeah it's i don't think it's too well optimized because I, I played it sometimes at work like on on lunch breaks we we play like the multiplayer and um it, it doesn't seem too well optimized for pc but um you know like you said especially for pc like yours you, you should be fine um right. but yeah hopefully as the game you know stays out longer and i'm sure it will have like a huge uh lifespan with the multiplayer hopefully it, it gets better and better on on pc as well uh so it can you know really benefit from from the better textures and everything but a friend of mine's been playing on a series x and from the screenshots i've seen it looks pretty pretty amazing on on there so yeah. um but you know it's still still nice to play it on a console that that costs you know like 250 pounds at the quality right. it looks so and good on 343 for it's a huge task to try and make this run on the last gen hardware too so it's yeah. basically what four or five different versions of this game it's on mm -hmm. the uh xbox one then the xbox one x then the xbox series s and x and then pc and it's able to run on those with their various like um quality mode performance mode but that's an insane task to to mm -hmm. do and they're able to pull it off and and it's really cool I, though looking forward you know I, i'm hoping and xbox is starting to do this let's say with like hellblade which we'll talk about some of the game award stuff that one is locked into the next gen only it's xbox series s and x so they're not for every title going and making sure it's available on every on every iteration of these last consoles but um that's cool that they did that but going forward especially in this now second year of next gen of current gen i want to see more properties go okay we we bridge that gap let's go full force into next gen performance all right Callum. so let's move on to some of the actual news stories we got so what we're playing covered that we got the game awards just happened um some of the big trailers and announcements i pulled up those first and we can talk about and spend some time and there's links here on some of the footage we got the big one or the first one rather here is uh quantic dream has a star wars game that they revealed it's called uh, eclipse did you watch this trailer what'd you think yeah i, I initially because i didn't watch game the game was live because it was on at like a like ridiculous time, <laughs> time yeah. <laughs> and it ran on for hours as well yeah. um but uh yeah i watched it afterwards when i first heard about it i wasn't sure because i'm not the biggest fan of uh, Quantic Dreams games, but um, when I watched the trailer, I, I thought it's you know it's a, it's a great period of Star Wars to set anything in. You know, the for me, I'm I'm not like 
that into Star. I mean, I love Star Wars, and I, I've I've always have been since a kid. But I, it's always been more about you know the lightsabers and the 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 effects and the music and just all the like iconic stuff. I've never really cared about them as like films, if that makes sense. So so for a game to come out uh, and and be in this kind of setting, which we don't really get much of anymore, um, like the High Republic stuff, um, that's exciting. It's exciting to you know see more of the the jedi and the council and and everything um yeah. so yeah i'm sure it'll be i'm sure it'll be great uh for people who like quantic dreams games i'm just interested to see um you know how wh- whether it's going to stick to that you know minimum amount of gameplay kind of thing um but yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes it, it would definitely be interesting to to see how they tackle such a a you know a high octane period in in star wars kind of like history uh you know a lot of like fast-paced fighting and things so yeah it'll be very interesting to see how uh, a studio like that tackles it yeah same and uh this trailer it's um it's you know highly conceptual it's all cg right so and they show all these different aspects of star wars you have the um ship battle you know montages you have jedis fighting you have on the ground floor uh, dealing with the actual worlds you have uh, these dudes drum and it's like i don't know what the hell this game is actually going to cover because it's just general star wars stuff that they show off but um so it's still like we have no idea what they're actually going to tackle but it is going to be story-based right because it's quantic dream yeah. and i did see so i'm i'm more on the side of i enjoy the quantic dream game so with uh, detroit i really dug that whether they nailed their the story that's you know debatable a lot of people didn't didn't uh, really dig what they were trying to pull off. And I thought it was cool. I at least like the way that they introduced all these different branches where, where, where how the story can go and how your decisions uh, unfold. But um, I didn't think that, I never would have put Star Wars and Quantic Dream together. So when they had that title revealed at the end that it's Quantic Dream, I was pretty shocked and um, excited. So, um, but I get that Quantic Dream gets a lot of hate and so does David Cage. It gets a lot of hate and it's all, it's, it's, understandable and but i do want to see what this game looks like because i have been a fan of at least what they try to pull off in the games of the past yeah i think detroit's a game i, I want to play because uh you know david cage aside you know what as he said some pretty awful things but like the games themselves like i, I really liked fahrenheit on ps2 i played that when i was younger with my sister and really enjoyed that mm-hmm. one but heavy rain and beyond two souls i just really just didn't get on with those um but yeah i've heard detroit is a is a is a far you know is easily his best or their best game um so I, I would like to try it but yeah i think as soon as anything for me it gets set in that period uh in like start in the star wars world uh you know with the jedi council which i mean i could be wrong but i feel like there's not a lot of things recently that have been we've seen much of that on it's all obviously we've had like the sequels which have of course been way way after that um we've had mm. like rogue one and uh the han solo movie and uh and everything so it's nice to to go back to that you know that time uh with uh lightsabers <laughs> yeah nice yeah i'm uh very interested very excited although i think uh and it's been kind of um confirmed over the weekend that it's still a while before we see anything from this game so they just started working on this and then if we also theorize like how long have they been working on this game? So you have Detroit came out in 2018, 2017. I want to say 2018. So assuming after that, you can't really assume that they started working on this game because there was still that time frame where was it EA had pretty much control over the Star Wars franchise when it came to games. And just within the past two years, 
uh, Lucas uh, has been brought back to for for the game aspect of stuff. And Disney, you know, still owns all those properties, but they've been now allowing other devs to work on it. So we have like Machine Games working on Indiana Jones games, which is still that property under Lucas. So now we have within that last two years these deals being made. So I would say within maybe a year or two, they got the approval, they got this contract, and then started conceptualizing it. But I think we're still, and then on top of that, it's Quantic Dream that takes forever to make these games. So I think it's like another four years before we see this game come out. Maybe in two years where we see some actual gameplay or like concept of the gameplay, but I think it's going to be a long time. Yeah, I mean, we, I, we obviously we don't know what, how how it works behind the scenes. You know, we don't know whether the 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 uh, moving from EA to to you know a bit more open uh, was sort of something that people were allowed to pre confirm or pre sort of agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, it, judging by the trailer, it definitely doesn't look like it's going to be any anytime soon. Um, but it was a really cool trailer um, and. Yeah, you know, they've got great storytelling at Quantic Dream, which I think is always good when you pair it with something with a universe like Star Wars. Um, so, yeah, it's it's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how it's going to play out. Yeah, we'll see how it goes and if the world is still here by the time the game comes out. <laughs> um, the next big one they showed off was uh, or announced was Alan Wake 2, officially announced, coming in 2023. This is from Remedy Games. Um, are you an Alan Wake fan? How do you feel about hearing that they're officially working on that sequel? Yeah, I, I um, I have I have a weird sort of relationship with Alan Wake. I um, I played it when it first came out and really didn't like it, but I was a stupid young kid then, so I could yeah. have been wrong. But um, I have a friend who really likes it, so it's always been like kind of like a a joke where, you know, you like play, you know if someone likes a game that you kind of don't like, you just play on it loads. Um, so I've I've definitely been interested in trying the remaster just to see if um if I was uh, deeply wrong because I know that lots of people really really like it. Um, but yeah, it's I, I'm I'm sure was it was it announced that it was coming before that or because I'm sure I heard something before. Well, there's that. been rumblings as far as with the control DLC. Um, they did actually integrate Alan Wake into that, so that gave more life to them continuing on that story. And I guess the first one kind of ends at a cliffhanger, but this is the first time they're um, confirming we're working on, on Alan Wake 2. And they've also confirmed that this is going to be a proper survival horror uh, game mm -hmm. and not just more of the action horror that, um, that the original Alan Wake was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the main problem with me or, or that I think of Alan Wake 2, and I could be completely wrong. So I didn't finish the first game, but what, from what I can remember of the first game is it was, you know, about like this author who's, kind of reliving his book or something along those lines um and he's like finding page from his but and it, it felt like a, a game that maybe doesn't wouldn't a sequel wouldn't i, I wouldn't know how like a sequel would work especially because that's the trailer i, I when i saw like, the screenshots of the trailer i thought it was like matrix related mm. um so i'm not really sure i understand like the the direction of of the games and what what a second game will entail because i know you've also got the american nightmare dlc which looks kind of silly from like what i've seen so maybe i'm just completely misreading what the game's like but um i know that people love it and people have been excited for a second game since like the, the first game came out so um it's definitely you know a, a great thing and people are going to be uh chuffed with it yeah i'm sure it's going to be dope uh, i really really love remedy and especially after playing Control, that was one of my favorite games of the past couple of years. 
So I'm excited to see what this looks like, what it's going to be. I guess they are still in tandem working on the sequel to Control. That was confirmed, which I forgot. That was confirmed about last year. They have this deal with Epic to kind of publish and finance stuff. So um, they're working on that. Also working on Alan Wake too. And um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. But I know this is a, I guess, you know, you can call it cult classic, but um, people really love it. It stayed alive because of that. So excited to see them go back to it. Um, let's move forward. Forward, We got uh, Warner Bros. A uh, quick announcement. They announced a uh, Wonder Woman game for PS5. This one, it was just a really short, like, conceptual thing again, CG trailer. But they did announce afterwards that they're using that Nemesis system from the Shadow of Mordor games. It's going to be implemented into this uh, Wonder Woman game. Yeah, it's... Um... I yeah I, I I just don't know I don't know I don't know what I, I don't know much about Wonder Woman so I don't really know um yeah. how like the nemesis the nemesis system's going to play in it but I am really glad to see it come back because um I love that system I love the the Shadow Mordor games and um it's cool that you know it's cool to see something else come from Monolith as well who I'm pretty sure made the Fear games I think uh, you're right. if I remember correctly um so yeah it's always nice to see them making something uh with you know this this nemesis system as well but yeah i'm not a fan of wonder woman or you know generally like superhero-y stuff so um i probably won't end up getting it but uh definitely interested to see how they kind of factor in the nemesis system to a property like wonder woman right could be cool um and they um have copyrighted that system too and it was controversial but so it seems like at least it's coming back to life here but um but yeah, that's a well-loved system in those Shadow of Mordor games. So it's going to be in this Wonder Woman game in some capacity, but uh, not a lot there, just that that conceptual footage. Um, now, we did see some of Hellblade 2. Now, this is um, from Ninja Games, and I added to the docket here. I forgot to add it originally, but uh, we got to see this extended gameplay, and um, it looks really freaking nuts. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, because as me and Gavin were watching, we are live-streaming, I just didn't believe this is like in-engine. It seems really crazy how they're pulling out these visuals, but also the original um, Hellblade looked great too. So what do you think of this of this footage? Yeah, it looks awesome. I still haven't played the first one. It's definitely on the list somewhere. But um, yeah, it, it looks it looks really, really cool. Um, I love the kind of like really dark, kind of eerie, uh, like action vibe to it. Um, but, and yeah, it looks incredible as well. Yeah, it's, it's pretty insane with the lighting that's going on, the high-res textures. Um, I don't know what engine they're doing this on, if it's UE4, they're moving to UE5. But uh, I'm glad that we got to see some actual extended gameplay because uh, the last time we had seen anything from this was two years ago at the Game Awards when they announced the Xbox Series X as well. And um, yeah, it looks great. Um, I think one thing that benefits this style of what uh, Ninja Theory has done with Hellblade is they somewhat will control or limit your ability to move in the gameplay segments when it looks like this. A lot of the game is they're kind of controlling how you're moving around. I think that helps them um, just control or optimize the visuals and the frame rate to where they're controlling what you're doing. You're not just like spinning around completely, like say like a uh, Horizon Zero Dawn where it's like you can see anything. You can also dynamically, you know, shoot stuff and there's all this crazy lighting that can happen at any point, physics. And with Hellblade, they kind of control what you do, not like it's slow, but you're just limited someone. I think the balance of that is they can also pull off these visuals because you're not just able to spin the camera around and like render that part or I don't know nothing about game development, but I feel like there's a trade-off where because they limit it a little bit what you can do, they can pull off these crazy visuals. 
Yeah, I guess they they have more time to focus on um, like a smaller area. But I mean, there's no um, taking away from how amazing it does look. And right. Um, but yeah, I think I just looked at. I think it's um, being developed on Unreal Engine five, so um, that that could be, you know, a good reason why it is able to to look this good too. Which uh, let's segue from you mentioned UE five. Um, there was a demo that was already announced, but they unlocked it during the during the actual game awards but it's this ue5 demo that's on ps5 now and on xbox series x and s as well and it's it's linked to the matrix where it has this kind of matrix intro with neo with trinity and then you actually get to move around and use the engine you get to drive around you can zoom and and zip through the actual world it's like the city that's rendered it looks pretty insane i don't know if you've got a chance to try this demo or see any footage I haven't yet. I saw the footage of it and I didn't realize that you could also play it um, until I saw it on, I think it was like on the Xbox dashboard, but yeah, look, it looks um, crazy. Um, looks really, really great. Um, I liked the kind of bit before before as well with Keanu Reeves um, and uh, I've forgotten the actress who plays Trinity, but, and they're yeah. sort of walking, walking around it. And, and I liked the way they kind of linked, you know, back when they were working on the first Matrix film with all the special effects and uh you know that the, they they were they were always kind of having like a the, these dreams of especially with the 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 story of the matrix about you know like a simulation and everything um and they you know they'd often talk about imagine being able to is it like change your face as easy as you can change your clothes or something so it was a really cool like uh trailer um and yeah I, I'm, I'm i'm mostly interested just to see real games use this thing um i think from what i've heard it, it's it's the the most revolutionary thing is it's going to allow you know developers with less resources and things like that to make games that really look as good as the current AAA games we we sort of have now so um it's going to be you know great for gamers uh <laughs> for sure and um yeah i mean some of the 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 like the, the bit when they're shooting driving and everything it looks yeah, pretty pretty incredible. But you've all, I always like take a take these things with a bit of a pinch of salt just in case because until I see it like in a whole game and not like a tech demo, then yeah, uh, then I'll I'll believe it because I think we've just been burnt by so many tech demos and reveal trailers and and things that then end up getting downgraded. Um, so yeah, I think it's difficult to uh to you know take it at face value. I do hear on that. This one is a little different or more special where for the first time, it seems like you can actually run this this demo on a console. Like uh, I know there there was the previous time they showed off UE5 and had that uh, kind of mountainy uh, demo where you're this female character zipping around and there's a lot of cool uh, lighting and they're showing off the just the how complicated the terrain can look. That was uh, eventually released to PC, but it was still complicated. But this is like on running on your actual uh, console on PS5, on Xbox, and you're able to toggle stuff, mess with it, and explore this environment. It's all running and, and rendering in real time. And um, I think it is really cool for them to unlock that and let you you know, try and break it and mess with it. It has its limitations, but a lot of the world is just, the entire little city is huge, first of all, and it's all like rendered there. There's no pop-in. I watched this uh, Digital Foundry breakdown that I highly recommend. It's like an hour long. It's super nerdy, but they really go into the details and what's going on. They talk with Epic and got more information on it. And it's just crazy the kind of stuff they can pull off. And just the, yeah, the lighting, the textures, you can toggle things on and off. You can see this debug menu. It really, you know, opens it up to let people see it if they want. 
and gives you, you're right, a glimpse of what can happen, but it seems like at the very least they can achieve something like this. And um, there are tools that do carry over. So uh, you mentioned that before where with UE5, a lot of the stock stuff like, um, you know, lampposts, uh, uh, you know, like different asphalt terrain or cars, like all that stuff is kind of built in where you can use it. You can then build on top of that. So it seems like it can streamline development uh, as well. If you're just kind of creating a generic city, then you can switch it up on top of that too. But it looks pretty freaking nuts. And um, this is just a snippet of what's possible, but it's really cool that you can play this on your console. Yeah, I think that's the um, the main takeaway from it. Because I think it's easy to, you know, watch like the the car chase scene and see all like the, the, the really cool, obviously like scripted parts of the explosions right. and everything looks great and, and all of that. But yeah, I think the real takeaway is being able to create this kind of thing quickly and and without worrying about uh you know as much about our like poly count and you know how's this going to run with with this detail this amount of detailed things so i think that's the that's probably where it's going to really take off if if it's all to of course like be believed um is is how quickly these things we made and it opens up so many opportunities for smaller companies who maybe have these like grand visions but they're limited by the size of their team or their budget or whatever so um hopefully it should be like a really big step uh because it's, it's difficult to kind of measure the the steps nowadays and you know as because before you know like the jump from like playstation 2 to playstation 3 was massive and that's been getting smaller and smaller because it's, it's getting harder and harder to uh you know, show something that's technically revolutionary. Now, nowadays, it's all about oh, bumping the resolution up and getting higher frame rates. But this should hopefully, uh, really, actually, like push what can actually be made and and what our, our games are gonna gonna look and and play like. Yeah, same. I'm excited. Um, just a snippet, but anybody can. If you have PS5, uh, Xbox Series consoles, you can try it and and mess with it. And it's it's pretty neat. And of course, it's all. Um, packaged around the Matrix as well, which I'm super duper excited for that movie coming out. It's very soon. I know it's December-ish, I want to say. And you can also stream it on uh, on uh, HBO Go, HBO Now, but I'm going to try and watch this in theaters because I'm just a huge Matrix fan, Matrix nerd, so cannot wait. All right, Cal, we're going to move into the next one here. It's a weird game, but it's a former Silent Hill developers announced Slitterhead, and there's a trailer that they showed off. Uh, it's a very strange trailer, but uh, I don't know if you got the chance to see this already. Any thoughts on it? So the original creators of Silent Hill are working on this. I didn't actually see this. I'm just sort of scrubbing through now. Yeah, scrub uh, through. It's it's very wacky and um, pretty weird. Yeah. The the name is like... I, I just saw the bit at the end. That's, that's uh, yeah, very strange. Um, the name's really good. I like the name Slitterhead. It's like just that name on its own is really unnerving and like yeah. really, really uh, creepy. Um, but yeah, no, that's cool. It's, it, I like it when you sort of see studios like manned by people who worked on like uh, great, you know, games. Um, so yeah, very excited to to see more about this. Although watching the Game Awards in real time, around this announcement, they had Kojima on screen. They even have Gero del Toro, the del Tormo, del Toro, they were tied to that PT reboot of Silent Hill. And then we see this trailer with the intro saying from the original creators, you know, of Silent Hill. I'm like, okay, we're getting Silent Hill is back to life in some capacity. 
But then, nope, it's this other game called Slitterhead, which is, it's fine, but I was hoping, it's, it was all kind of leaning towards, hopefully, maybe this, you know, rumor of it existing um, being there, but it turned out not to be. But yeah, um, think we have any hopes for uh, any kind of Silent Hill next entry? Do you think that's uh, long gone, dead in the water, or think there's that's a possibility there? I, 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 I don't know, because I... You just never know with Konami, because I imagine Konami still like own it. Yeah, um, and you just never know what they're what they're right. up to. <laughs> very true, very true. So the next one here, another little a short uh, gameplay snippet of a Horizon Forbidden West, and um, we've seen footage of this game already, but um, it just continues to look amazing. And they showed off a bit here, and I just got even more excited watching this in real time, and I just can't wait for this game. The animations are insane you know the visual quality is insane i just cannot wait yeah i'm very excited for this i i think it's um i, I don't know why but for some reason i'm just less because I, I loved the first game and for the second one i just can't seem to get massively excited for it and i don't know why i think it might huh. be one of the massive reasons i loved it the first time around was because uh you're kind of like uncovering the story with the character like trying to figure out what happened to the world so then when you find out at the end which i can't actually remember what happens at the end i remember it being a little bit uh not having the best of, of endings mm. but yeah i think now it doesn't have that kind of like nuance that kind of like um, mystery yeah that mystery it, it, i'm just kind of a bit more middled on it but it does look amazing it does look really really lovely and um and the gameplay was great in the first game um yeah i'm just not it's the, you know when like you know you should be excited about something and you're just not that excited <laughs> just have that weird yeah ominous feeling but i'm sure like when it's like release week it i'm sure it'll it'll all hit me and i'll i'll be excited i mean i'll get it for sure and i'll definitely play it um yeah i just yeah i don't know why like i i, I don't i didn't even watch this trailer i just i just didn't feel the need to it might just be because i kind of know what to expect as well um but uh but yeah i mean i'm I'm sure it would be great and it looks amazing and uh, and all the rest of it but um yeah i don't know why i just can't can't get myself uh excited about it you're a weird guy calm i don't know what to tell you know. because i'm so <laughs> jacked for this game and um uh, this also the concept or the gameplay we're seeing just reminds me because i was more on the side of as a lot of these games got announced for being cross-gen you know on ps4 horizons one of them the next god of war the next gran turismo and we had Miles. I kept thinking, like, are we limiting what we can do because it has a work on a base uh, last gen console? I was kind of a of a of a bummer when that stuff was announced. But then seeing this footage, and this is on we're seeing PS5 footage. It looks insane. It looks next gen. And the fact that it can this can it's going to run in some capacity. I don't know how well on PS4 on base PS4. But the idea of them being limited by what they could do on PS5, you can throw that out the window. And maybe you could have already said that when we saw Miles, but. I still thought with this next horizon, I want to see this unlocked, you know, whatever that is on PS5, but seeing the the gameplay, it look, looks like it's not hindered at all. It looks to, like this is proper next gen and I'm very much now leaving that argument alone and like I'm fine with these games cross gen. This game looks really dope. Yeah, I think that's 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 the thing, isn't it? It's it's an easy sort of like narrative to um like listen to, but until we're actually looking at footage and being like, oh, this does this this could look better, then it doesn't really matter what whether you know what what people feel about it because 
all these games look amazing. So right. if that if if they're being held back, then I, I don't really care because I there's no yeah there's no time where I I think oh this could look better or this could run better. So um, yeah, I'm not sure it's something that we need to necessarily worry about too much. And yeah. as things obviously get further and further, and our expectations get higher and higher, as they obviously will, that's when it might you know we we don't want to like keep having the same uh you know bar we want to you know keep going above it but for now yeah we're still seeing things that are more and more impressive than what's out at the moment and they're still supporting the old consoles so and the longer they can do that the better because it's still not easy to get next-gen consoles and it's obviously people can't always afford to to keep up with them as well so um it just means more and more people can can play these games as well yep i agree so we got the next one here. Just uh, really, we got to see some new gameplay, but uh, more so we got a date for Square Enix's uh, RPG coming out on PS5 uh, for Spoken. Gets a launch date of May 24th, so that it's coming relatively soon. Uh, we can move on to the next one here. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League got its first gameplay reveal. So this is um, from WB Games. I forget the name of the studio. They're well known. But we got to see some gameplay. Have you got a chance to look at this? What do you think of this? Yeah, I think it looks really cool. And I know it's going to sound really hypocritical because I said I don't really care about superhero games, but this <laughs> looks super fun. Um, looks really, really like it's got a really fun combat system and fun characters as well. Um, I think Suicide Squad's a great, uh, I think same as like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and there was another one in my head then, but I've forgotten. Um, it's just a great like dynamic for, for, for anything really. So um, yeah, I think it looks really, really cool. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Um, looks neat, and any chance I can, you know, have to punch Superman in the face, I'm down for that. Uh, yeah. So we'll see how it happens with that game. But it looks very, very cool. Uh, we got, um, let's see, Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake Intergrade comes to PC December 6th. That was uh, shown off there. Um, we got Persona 4. I know you're a huge Persona fan. Persona 4 Arena Ultimate Combos coming to PS4 in March in 2022. I don't know much about this game, but I did see this trailer uh, we're excited for this announcement. Yeah, I, I know that Arena is like the 2D fighting game. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think I would be excited for this, actually. Um, I don't really like fighting games that much just because I'm not very good at them. But, um, you know, Persona is awesome. And I imagine that this will probably continue the story in some way, because I know that with these spinoffs, they always tend to try and uh continue on the the story of like the characters and everything so uh might be a reason to jump back into persona 4 on the vita gotcha gotcha nice and spend what another 200 hours in that with that yeah, game there? yeah. <laughs> are you fan I'll of the... every, every time i go to the toilet that's where i'll there fit it in <laughs> are you fan of the warhammer series there is a warhammer 40k space marine is getting a sequel on pc and consoles and they showed off a concept of that one um i i don't know too much about it uh i've actually recently just started uh painting uh minis right. um but but the lord of the rings ones uh so not the not the warhammer 40k ones but because oh, that's the standard is always here about the warhammer ones people are painting yeah i think the um i think out of the because you've got warhammer 40k and then you've got like the the more high fantasy warhammer i think i'd be more interested in the high fantasy one i'm not massively into like sci-fi stuff uh by default but um but i know that there's loads of really good warhammer 40k games like dawn of war and and things i haven't heard of this game series before but 
um yeah i mean there's a it's got a massive fan base so i'm sure there's a lot of people excited for this nice yeah that was shown off there and my buddy gavin is a huge nerd for that original so he's glad they're getting a sequel there uh life is strange true colors dev adapting the expanse for telltale games so you were uh you mentioned not being a sci-fi fan by default but you love the expanse and now telltale is making a game that universe how do you feel so this is like the biggest uh takeaway from the game wars for me yeah. um yeah i, I mean it, it, the the new series started uh, the other day as well so i watched that as well um so excited for this um and i've never been a huge fan of telltale games um just because i feel like sometimes they drag a little bit but um if it's something that you know you're already into um i can imagine it, it won't be long enough so um yeah really excited for that and uh drummer the the main character that they're you know using for the the, the telltale game she's she's you know a main like supporting character in the series but they're choosing her as like the protagonist is is awesome she's like one of the best characters i think and voiced by the 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 original actress as well which is uh, really cool nice. she's a very like iconic kind of voice and like temperament so um really, really yeah really really excited massive surprise as well um didn't you know did not expect this at all not only an expanse game but a telltale game i'd kind of because i know that they that the talent had been bought uh by by another company um but i completely they completely dropped off my radar so um yeah really 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 excited for this it looks awesome nice yeah i, I saw this and i thought oh yeah calm's gonna lose his mind um they showed this <laughs> off right before the show and that was one thing that because they have so many announcements and uh actual awards that they present there's even stuff in the pre-show and this was one of the pre-show announcements but uh it's a huge deal mm. yeah it's super super excited now we got uh let's uh scrub over real quick the actual um awards that were given off so we have uh first one here it takes two one a game of the year best multiplayer game and best family game um have you had a chance to jump in it it takes two haven't yet but i've heard it's it's awesome so uh maybe maybe one day i'll i'll give it a go yeah that was my game of the year easily love that game uh death loop won best game direction best art direction and um i know we had various uh views on death loop but they got those awards there um best narrative was marvel's guardians of the galaxy is that one that you i, f I forget if you had tried that I haven't tried it, but I've been really interested in playing it ever since it was first announced because it looked very Mass Effect-y uh, in, you know, like how it's very party-based and very, and they will, you know, you have different relationships with each character, which will differ amongst like uh, everybody's playthroughs. So um, yeah, that's really, it's cool to see it win Best Narrative because obviously it, it looks like it's taken from a game that's renowned for its narrative. So um yeah that's really cool uh, and i know it's had a great great um it's been a bit of like a surprise i think for for a lot of people um so it's it's nice when you see that when you see a game that nobody really expected too much of you know not only win over everybody but also win in like a really really big award like best narrative right right yeah and it's actually on there's a bunch of sales for it lately so like you can get it for 20 30 bucks off right now so yeah i want to jump into that one as well uh we got best uh score and music is near replicant uh, we have Kenna Bridge of Spirits won two awards, Best Indie Game and Best Indie Debut. So that one is on PS5 and PC. And it was a pretty big, you know, deal going to PS5. That was one of their, um, you know, just big gets for PS5 this year. And I haven't tried yet. Have you? And I keep forgetting to try it, but I know it's a, that's a pretty big release. Yeah, it's, it's definitely on my list. I've heard nothing but, like, incredible. Th I think every single person I know who's played it have 
like just been in awe of it i haven't heard a, like not even like a not i've had no one say it's like okay or average or i've just heard like amazing things about it so yeah, it's definitely on the list um it looks really really cool and i love those kinds of games and it's kind of like uh i mean i haven't again i haven't played so i could be completely wrong but i mean it looks like you know like your ratchet and clank or jack and daxter kind of like platformer with really really lovely like cartoony world and um yes really really do want to want to give that one a go but yeah like you said i just keep forgetting i think that might be on sale at the moment as well um I'd be but right. yeah um yeah definitely do want to pick that up at some point yes same here so we got uh forza horizon 5 won some awards so best audio design and best sports racing game that's one of my favorite racing games i know you had a blast playing that this year as well mm-hmm. uh, we got best performance so we got lady dimitrescu won maggie robertson plays that character from ari village so she won for best performance and i think cool. easily yeah she was a huge part of why that game was so special was lady dimitrescu yeah Nice. We got uh, Games for Impact was Life is Strange True Colors. We have Best Ongoing Game Final Fantasy 14 online. Is that one you've jumped into? I know you're a big Final Fantasy fan. I, I've tried. It's just every time I've played it, something's happened where I've stopped playing it or whatever. But yeah, I've heard that once you get past like, the base game and the expansions, it's it's quite a you know one-of-a-kind experience. And the fact it's still going on now is uh, pretty incredible, um, especially given its history where they essentially nuked the original game and and re-released it because it was uh, so poorly received. So, um, yeah, pretty amazing to see it still kicking. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I I think it's gotten to the point now, it's always been one of those games where I'm like, I will one day get into it. Um, but I think now that ship sailed and I probably uh, won't uh, do it. Yeah. Yeah, they did the... Uh... Now the verb or the ex- explanation is No Man's Sky. When you pull off one of those where you turn it around completely, they did that. And um, so it's cool to see them get that award. Uh, we got going down further. Best VR slash AR game is Resident Evil 4 VR, which I just got a chance to. I got the Oculus 2 a couple, maybe about a week ago. And I've only put about two hours in. I need to jump back into it because uh, now Infin- uh, Halo Infinite has absorbed my life. But um, you had a blast playing it. I'm glad I got that VR game of the year. But um, what do you think about them getting that this year? Yeah, I think it's um, a no-brainer. It's a pretty amazing. I mean, the game itself is amazing anyway. I think it's going to win awards no matter <laughs> how it's uh, re-released. But yeah, the way that they've done it, they've done it with such care and such respect to the the original. And um, I, I haven't finished it. I've I I will definitely finish it. When I first uh, got it, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe I'd try it, and it'd be a bit too scary, but it's just so good um it's just testament to the the original game as well because it's just so much fun it's so well paced and so just everything about it is just incredible um which you know you you, you've played it recent uh fairly recently um and yeah i think it's 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 brilliant in vr as well um so yeah definitely we'll be jumping back into that and yeah i think whenever Resident Evil 4 gets uh, re-released on anything. I think it's probably deserving of winning some awards. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah, there was a lot of rumors that were circulating, as they all do for bunches of games around the Game Awards, that we'd see this like Resident Evil remake news. We didn't see it there, but either way, playing Resident Evil 4 on VR is really uh, the way to go right now. Uh, We got Best Action Game Returnal. Returnal got a, a couple of nominations, and they... I, I was glad to see them get best action game. I was telling Gavin as we we're streaming, as we we're watching it, I wanted to like this game more. I wanted to be able to play it more, but I can still separate that 
and realize what they achieved was really dope. A lot of people really love this game. I love Housemark, so I'm glad that they were able to get this this award and and that people are digging Returnal. Yeah, exactly the same. Um, you know, it was it was a game that maybe was a bit too difficult for me and maybe didn't have some things that would normally keep me keep me you know returning to to a game that's that that difficult but yeah i mean absolutely it's it's deserving of of winning as many awards as it has you know it's won lots of lots of different uh outlets and um yeah and like you said for house spark it's it's fantastic because they they're just they they make excellent games and it's nice to see them get you know that like triple a recognition Yep, and there was a Housemark did tease something that looked like DLC, that weird helmet, a couple weeks ago. We didn't see any DLC announcements here, but uh, it's very very possible down the line. But uh, yeah, we did not get that at the Game Awards. Uh, we have Best Action Slash Adventure Game, Metroid Dread. Best RPG, Tales of Arise. Best Simulation Slash Strategy Game, Age of Empires 4. Uh, most Anticipated Game, Elden Ring, which everyone, they showed off uh, some more um, story beats trailers for uh, Elden Ring there at the Game Awards. And then we got, this one was controversial, but player's choice, which is this viewer rated um, category that leads up into the game awards. The first couple of weeks, you can start voting on it. Halo Infinite was on there and they actually won that award. And it wasn't Halo Infinite multiplayer or campaign. It's just Halo Infinite. So people were able to vote before actually playing the game. It actually released that week, but they won that award. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely deserving. Um, even even before the campaign because you know it was a like a shock release you know releasing the multiplayer early everybody you know is universally loved obviously it has some minor issues but the gameplay is is solid and i think if you look at the the whole you know the situation around its release you know everybody's been so down on halo for so long and for it to come out and impress people in the way it did i think it's really a fitting uh choice for that that category yep yep i agree after playing the game i'm like yep it should have won that but um i was definitely one of the trolls out there voting well why my i did vote for halo to be in the mix because you can there was kind of a bracket sort of voting style but i kept voting for it takes two as the main one to be yep. in there and it held on but uh, halo infinite ended up winning on that player's yep. choice side um, but that's all the the game awards news and announcements. Um, did you? I don't know if you kind of scrubbed through the announcements once it was done. But how do you feel overall about the game awards? Do you want to see anything change? You know, going forward, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think it, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I would have liked to have seen games that personally I want to see more updates from, but that's very specific to me. Um, I think we've had some cool announcements. Uh, I think maybe it was like hyped up to in terms of like its announcements a bit more than uh, maybe it delivered on. But yeah, you know, again, that's completely specific to, to me and my, my taste in games. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's an award show with, you know, the, 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 the part of it with announcements. I think it's getting very like, kind of cringy with how i think just because of how like infused twitter is with everything it's just getting so i don't i don't know it's it's gonna sound weird but like it's just getting very uh what's the word like commercialized like it's just oh yeah for sure it's not becoming like the oscars now and i just i like games to have like their own little kind of like niche well not niche but just, 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 you know, be a bit more self-aware. Um, you know, I, I used to love E3 when it was like really cringy, and the only people who really knew about it were 
you know gamers and then when you had people who weren't into games you know like actors come in it was always like really awkward and, and oh, stupid yeah. but now it's just like yeah it just doesn't feel real anymore it just feels very like they're just saying it's just yeah it's just all all very commercialized and, and everything which which i think is a shame but but yeah it's it is what it is and um i think as a as a show it was it was fine yeah it's interesting because sorry to put the uh put your knows on exactly what but you're right where it is very commercial they're paying the bills at the same time they have these you know product integrations they have the movie trailers there i guess you could argue because games are they're huge now so it's like as far as um revenue earning industries you know compared to the uh, movie industry tv games are like probably well beyond that where they just they're it's a juggernaut so and people watching award shows game awards has to be at the top because who's watching the oscars or you know the grammys that kind of thing it's just they become this huge juggernaut. And so it's a weird thing to balance. But I do really dig with Jeff Keighley where he's pretty open as far as willing to um, take criticism and try and figure out what that balance is and switch it up next year. He does these uh, talks on Twitter where anybody can join in. He'll take questions from anybody. And whether it's somebody who wants to just blast him for whatever or give him praise, like they'll talk about anything. That was leading up to the Game Awards and then after the Game Awards. That was really cool. I dug the, and it's a weird way to, I don't know how is the best way to talk about it, but when he um, did that, um, he had to reference the whole Activision thing at the very beginning. He got some heat the last, the week leading up to it where he was saying maybe we weren't, we aren't going to reference them exactly or directly or talk about it, but he started the show directly referring, not actually referencing Activision, but talking about how there's no place for any kind of, you know, abuse in the game industry, whether it comes from devs or it's on the team or just, you know, fans in general. I dug that he started off the show directly talking about it, but um, it's a hard balance to strike. But I think that I'd still, I, you know, I'd still rather the game awards be around. But yeah, there's definitely room for improvement and tweaking stuff for sure. Yeah, I think I think that's that's probably. It. I think there is just a general sleazy feeling about the games industry at the moment. You know, right, rightly so. Um, just it just seems like everywhere it's just the same same thing. It's the same kind of uh vibe uh at, at so many of these big big studios and and i and i think that's where it just does feel very sleazy with the the just the like the corporate like positivity and just being like overexcited about everything and it's just like yeah it just doesn't feel very honest um to, to me and yeah i think where there's just so many issues in in the industry of so many of these companies and um, you know, you see like all the walkouts at Activision. I just feel, I just feel like sometimes people just need to be a bit braver uh, mm. when when it comes to speaking out against the people who are paying for, you know, these big stages or or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it's a difficult one because you know if you're in that situation, it's probably not not as easy as as that. But I think there is just a general bad feeling in the games industry right now and again rightfully so and i think when you see something like the game wars which feels very like fabricate fabricated and how like positive it is and like oh i'm so excited about all these like things and uh yeah it just kind of i think there's just they just rub each other the wrong way for me um but yeah i mean it's probably not it's probably a bit of a non story or or not really something it's just yeah i think it is just a weird uncomfortable situation at the moment and the game awards don't really help it (laughs) yeah i know what you mean i know what you mean yeah i'm interested to see what they switch up and 
how it evolves. It's been around for a while, but um, yeah, there's definitely things they can improve on yeah. with the Game Awards. So we can round off the the show here with some uh, some tidbits, some big stuff from from PlayStation uh, as far as rumors go. Uh, we got PlayStation plans new service to take on Xbox Game Pass is from Bloomberg News. This is on the third of December. Sony's PlayStation division is planning a new subscription service to compete with Xbox Game Pass, according to people familiar with Sony's plans and documents re- reviewed by Bloomberg. So it's not officially released from Sony at the moment. Uh, the service is codenamed Spartacus and is launching sometime in spring 2022. Spartacus will merge Sony's two existing subscri- subscription plans, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. Documents reviewed by Bloomberg suggest that Sony plans to retain the PlayStation Plus branding but phase out PlayStation Now. So uh, Project Spartacus is said to be offered in three subscription levels. The first one, um, there is no actual name to them, but I put the silver, gold, and platinum. As I a saw way those. I, I got really excited. <laughs> yeah, this is official, but I just put the... Because you have to imagine they're going to put some branding on these three different tiers and explain why to consumers, which one is priority, which one's base level. Anyway, so we got the first one. The first would include existing PlayStation Plus benefits, so online multiplayer uh, the same possible free monthly game every month. Uh, the second would offer a large catalog of PS4 and PS5 games to stream or download. The third tier would add extended demos and a library of classic PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games. Um, so this is still rumored. Apparently it's down the line. What do you think about this? Uh, these uh, rumors here from Bloomberg? Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's like inevitable slightly just because i think that's just the way everything's going now is subscription services um mostly obviously in tv and and everything but now we've seen it with game pass and obviously playstation now was is is already kind of comparable um just not in the scope of of game pass um so yeah i think it's it's exciting to i it's exciting because i think it's just kind of messy having plus and playstation now um so it would just be nice to have like them combined in some way um but yeah i don't know that there's still something to say about like just buying games as well um i know it doesn't really make sense but i guess it's just like that this sounds to me like this is it now like this is going to be the the full change where everything's just going to become subscription based um obviously the choice will still be there to buy games but it's just yeah it's a bit it's, if this if this happens and it happens as we expect it to then it's going to be a big a, a big like shift in in how we consume things and how we he, we buy things yeah it's a it's a loaded um conversation but this one is interesting where playstation does have to at least on paper compete quote unquote with game pass but we talked about in the past quite a bit where they already do compete you have playstation plus which is a service that's that predates game pass where you get a free monthly game now granted it's not game pass level where their first party games launch their day and date and I don't think uh, Project Spartacus is that. I think they're still going to have their Naughty Dog stuff. Their first party big juggernauts are going to release separate. This is more of a offering the other games that are releasing on PS4 and eventually PS5, kind of filling out the catalog. Depending on which tier you get, you still have your access to monthly free games, your multiplayer, and then the catalog, back catalog of PlayStation games. It seems like this is more of, I guess just on paper, here's our you know response to Game Pass, but it's still not going to be what game pass does where it's the because the big draw for me with game pass is getting those big juggernaut games day and date like infinite was right out the gate don't have to buy it it's there as long as i keep that subscription and as long as these huge games keep coming i'll keep that subscription going um but you're right where it's gonna be weird if the priority or the 
the um, intention is having you a subscriber and not buying games, it's a bit weird, but um, I guess if the game is big enough, I'll, I'll just flat out buy it. And if I intend on playing the hell out of that, I'm just going to buy it flat out. But it's weird. But um, they are competing. I don't know if they really have to, but maybe on paper they need to have something that says, this is our version of Game Pass. Yeah, I I, I think, um, it, yeah, I, I guess it is a way for them to just make the 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 comparisons easier as well. Um, but for me, it's just it's just the case of wanting to play. I mean, especially even with Game Pass, like the the main thing about Game Pass that I've got my Xbox is seeing all these older games, like things like Fallout Three and uh, you know the Fable games, and um, was a, another good example, like Dead Space, and and all these games that I can just download and play, and they'll play really really well on the Xbox. Um, and that you know they're all PS3 games. I mean, not not Fable, obviously, but um, you can't. There's no way to play these older games on PlayStation Five unless you want to stream them, which is problematic for pretty much everybody. Um, so I just want to be able to play PS3 games natively on on the PS5. And a big part of it for me is is, is obviously trophies. Trophies are, are, are nice, but also um, just you know, I, I just want to be, having an Xbox is like having just a, a machine that has all the games that you ever want to play on it. And it'd be nice to have that in on both systems, because, again, not everyone has an Xbox. So it'd be nice for people to who only have PlayStation to be able to have that same like feeling of accessibility to to all, all of these games that and not just because I want to play games that I love that I've that, that are a bit older now, but also games that I, I missed out on that. Um, are you know stranded on older hardware or whatever that are easily accessible on Xbox and not just through Game Pass as well, but hopefully something like this if they if PlayStation do focus on getting PlayStation Three games backwards compatible. But the fact on Xbox that if a game isn't on Game Pass, you can still just buy it from the store if it's a 360 game, or even if it's an original Xbox game um, through backwards compatibility. So maybe this will also pioneer playstation into being able to you know bring older games to their storefront as well um i i just think being able to have one box for uh you know all all these games is is just a really nice thing and it's not something i've always felt i've always felt i've, I've normally felt like well if you want to play ps3 games just plug a ps3 in but now once you sort of have a taste of that being able to just download games and play them at like maximum fidelity because you're on a newer console it's 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 really great and i just hope that we can see more of it uh and if playstation can do that then that'd just be great for 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 people i think you're you're 100 right about that and that's a way that they can really have the best way of competing where it's like um really filling out their back uh, catalog and allowing it to be super easily accessible on a ps5 on a ps4 where you have the service all that full catalog is there and it's not going to be the first party games you know, showing up their day one like Game Pass. But the one one of the aspects of how Game Pass uh, succeeds is that you have all these games that are just out the flip of a dime. You can download them. You can play them there. So I think this would be a good way to to offer something like that and um, and help them also kind of simplify their different programs like PlayStation Now, PlayStation Plus, make it easier. I don't have any info on the pricing. That wasn't part of this uh, this potential leak. So we don't know how much more it's going to be to have this full the top tier where all these uh, games are now offered there. I don't know that they also have to compete on that front too, making it just cheap enough. But um, it's interesting. And it seems like we're going to get some 
info soon. I would imagine they would kind of hype this up on their own um, stream coming out next year, early next year to kind of get people ready for it. But yeah, it's it's coming down apparently. And it's, it's such an opportunity as well because since getting my Xbox, I've noticed how the PlayStation 5 just has a, an infinitely superior user experience when it comes to not being in a game. Um, I don't know if you agree, but uh, the, 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 the Xbox UI and like the operating system in general is, I find it quite lethargic and you know slightly slow and uh, overly complicated when it doesn't need to be. Like, I mean, for example, when Halo Infinite, the campaign came out, it was launched at 6 p.m. in the UK, even if you had the disc as well, which was um, a big uh, a big problem for people Sorry over here. Um, but just be, trying to find it on the on Game Pass and, and try and download it, uh, you know, because it's like separate to the multiplayer and it would only show up at 6 p.m. And even at 6 p.m. it was really difficult to find. And um, the, just the general user experience. I mean, I get lots of like errors, like my, typical like Microsoft errors um and and problems with quick resume as well where just it's just it just doesn't feel um like lightning fast and easy to to you know approach like the playstation does you know the playstation feels like a a a proper purpose-driven and this and i didn't feel this way as much before i i got the xbox before i was kind of assuming that the xbox was just the same like where it's really fast really easy to understand but now I've I've you know got one. I just think that if PlayStation are able to, in some way, not even like offer these games for for the subscription price like Xbox Game Pass does, but just give us access on the store to PS3 games, PS2 games, or or whatever. Just just give us more accessibility and more option to for for you know these older titles. Then it would just be it just it would absolutely uh you know take off above everything else because the user experience currently in my opinion is like miles miles apart between the two uh, and the only reason i but i am playing my xbox more at the moment because you know game pass is great and it's all at the end of the day it's about playing games on it so so if playstation can match that aspect of things then i think you know it's going to be a real a real get for them because the foundations are there and the foundations are far far better from a user's perspective uh in terms of like navigating the menus and 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 everything like that but i don't know if i don't know if you agree i might be on my on my uh on my own in that regard well until um sony lets us hold the power button down on the ps5 to turn off i'm gonna say xbox is better until they change that that's what i want (laughs) But uh, you are right where it's more streamlined and especially on Xbox, there's more emphasis on your friends and how that how that those screens pop up and kind of take over with PlayStation. You know, you and maybe you can argue it's harder to go in there and find them. But I feel like the way it's arranged is more just pleasant and easier to find what you want compared to Xbox. There's just a bunch of stuff and each game has its own little page and just scrolling through. It's kind of a mess. I know you can toggle stuff on and off. I haven't spent a bunch of time there, but it seems like still PS5 feels like it is a next-gen experience with maneuvering around a snappy UI menu. So I yeah. agree with you on that. Yeah, I, th- I think like, you know, you can you can get sort of into the actual, um, like where things are and how easy things are to, to, to get to. Um, but I think it's more just the, the Xbox, it doesn't feel, you know, when, when I first got the PS5, I was like, wow, this is like, 
insanely fast like there's no load like the, everything's baked in like even the store even when you search for things it's still like instant there's no it doesn't load it's still it's like it's preloaded like already there uh, and on xbox it's just it's not just that it's not just that it's slightly slower or, or anything like that it's also just the fact that I, I and it might just be me it might just be i might just be unlucky but i get like a ton of errors uh all the time especially when i first set it up i had uh some issues um and yeah i just i just feel like the general user experience is just much much better on the playstation 5 and before i had the xbox again i just assumed that it's a next-gen console it's going to be exactly the same it'll obviously be a different layout and, and everything like that but it just doesn't feel next gen at all when you, and then when you're in a game obviously of course it does but when you're outside of the game it, it just feels very middling and just not and again it's not like a massive massively important thing it doesn't mean i'm gonna stop playing it doesn't mean i'm gonna you know play my playstation more because of it but if playstation can match xbox where xbox is clearly doing much much better and and that is being able to access this hugely huge library of games then i just i don't know what and this is like trying to speak from the perspective of somebody who is like comparing the two. I don't know what Xbox can then do to to because obviously they've done this and the, and they've really like gone ahead with it. But if PlayStation are able to match that in content wise, then I, I don't know what Xbox can do to to sort of uh, come back from that. Gotcha. It's interesting. We'll see. We'll see what comes forward here. Uh, to round out, we got some other last uh, little tidbits here from PlayStation. This one was uh, this week, pretty big. Uh, PlayStation acquires its fifth studio this year it's from IGN here. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment has acquired independent developer Valkyrie Entertainment, making this the 17th studio under the PlayStation Studios umbrella and the fifth acquisition the gaming giant has made in 2021. Founded in 2002, Valkyrie Entertainment is a Seattle-based game developer best known for offering co-development services for several development studios. Valkyrie Entertainment's portfolio consists of assisting in the development of games such as Halo Infinite, Forza Motorsport 7, God of War 2018, and more. More recently, September, the studio announced it is helping Sony Santa Monica Studio with the development of God of War Ragnarok, which is slated for 2022. Um, yeah, another big get for PlayStation, this uh, studio that has their fingers everywhere working on stuff on support for games. And this makes it uh, the fifth studio this year. They had, um, oh, I'm blanking, but we had Housemark. And some other big ones um this year but what do you think about the this news yeah i think it's always good to kind of like bolster um kind of your first party studios with uh with, with other studios and um yeah they've worked you know co co-developed on some really really big titles so they've obviously got very talented teams and they're very obviously useful if uh if they're being used for big big and impressive games uh, like the ones they have been used for yeah, and one of the big, I don't know if it was a big complaint, but the natural reaction to, say, last year when Microsoft had acquired Bethesda, it was, oh, what is Sony going to do um, now that, that huge acquisition is on the side of Microsoft? But Sony kind of quietly, uh, maybe not quietly, but they weren't hitting these huge high-profile studios or publishers and acquiring them. They're more kind of rounding out the portfolio. So, And, and also studios already work with, say, with Housemark, with Bluepoint was a big one, and then these other um, smaller studios that work on um, these uh, huge properties. There's also that PC um, port studio that they acquired uh, this year as well. So they've been doing, I don't know if it's a smarter approach, or just maybe a quieter approach. They've been kind of rounding out the portfolio and not headhunting for these like huge studios that are well-known, but still stuff that's going to improve 
the ecosystem on the, the on the development side within Sony. Yeah, it's it's definitely. Um, I think it, it, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes with with all all these different studios that it's difficult to look at the name of a studio and then just be like, oh, that's a bigger, right? Uh, you know, purchase or whatever, because you you never know who's you know you could have the next uh, Todd Howard or you know Neil Druckmann working at one of these studios. You just you never know, and that doesn't mean and and it doesn't mean that by buying the studios they then own these people, but um, you know, there's obviously something they've seen in them. Otherwise, they wouldn't they wouldn't buy them. And yeah, I think you just never know what's going to happen in ten years' time. You know, in ten years' time, or even five years' time, there's going to be a bunch of studios in you know making making headlines that we maybe today haven't never heard of. I agree. So we got some last bit here. Uh, really, just news on some PC ports for one uh, PlayStation game. So we have Uncharted: Legacy of Thieves collection arrives on ps5 and uh and pc later but it arrives on ps5 in january and then pc gets a later release so we got some news on some of the features coming out this is from ign as well um sony has announced that uncharted legacy of thieves collection will launch on ps5 on january 28 2022 so uncharted legacy of thieves collection will offer a fidelity mode for 4k 30 frames per second this is on ps5 a 60 frame per second mode performance plus mode so it gets 120 frames per second at at 1080p as for PS5 features, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection will utilize the PS5 DualSense controllers, spatial 3D audio, adaptive triggers, and near-instant loading times. The game on its own will cost $50 digitally and physically. Players who purchase Uncharted 4 at Thieves' End, Uncharted, or Uncharted Lost Legacy uh, will get the game for a $10 upgrade, the PS5 next-gen version. Uh, however, there are some caveats to this collection. For starters, this release only features the single-player campaigns of both games, and the PS4 multiplayer mode is not included. Um, but how do you feel about this, Callum? Are you excited to try this on uh, PS5 and then eventually on PSE? Yeah, I, I am actually. I I am. Um, I think Uncharted Four is the only Uncharted I've only played through once. Um, I think because it's a little bit less. Uh, I think the the first three games are, you can just jump into them and play them. You know, they're not too long. They're they're linear. You know, they're they're really just nice like popcorn flicks basically of of games I, I always sort of think of them as um not to obviously take away anything from them i mean the, the, especially the second or third game they are like really special games but i think the fourth one's a lot more involved and you got like the open parts it's a lot more difficult as well um so yeah i've only played that that one once so definitely keen to to play through it again um but uh and lost legacy as well i absolutely loved um i think that that was really good uh although i am disappointed to learn that they won't have any uh they don't have a new trophy list so oh I, uh, which is a shame because the lost legacy i uh, already got the platinum on but four i didn't so four uh i'm sure i can i can uh get back to yeah, it's a bummer. I wonder how they solve that, but it is essentially the same game ish, but it's an upgraded version. Although yeah. even if you're buying the fifty dollar version, like the actual full release, you're still those trophies are just transferring over, and unless you unlock them, it's uh, nothing changes there. That is a bummer. Um, but uh, these games were really big showcase on PS4, where Uncharted Four and uh, Lost Legacy were just crazy visual spectacles. And I can't, I'm excited to see what they look like on PS5, but they already look so good on PS4. Um, but one big thing would be to see it at running at 60 with the same fidelity would be really cool. And then I want to try out that 120 frame mode. Um, but although playing, playing a lot of PC games lately, 
I noticed that after like 100 frames, I don't really notice a difference anymore. So I stopped chasing that dragon of getting as much you know frame rates as possible. But I'm excited to play these on PS5 for sure. Yeah, I think the the the, the only games you're really going to notice, you know, 100 plus FPS on is um, like really twitchy shooters. I think right. the only game I've ever really noticed on was Halo Reach when I played that on on PC when I first got my my 144 hertz monitor and i was like oh wow yeah this is great but on like anything else it's it's not really gonna be too too bad in fact i imagine 30 fps on a game like uncharted would probably be okay as well um but yeah it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see it at 60 and i imagine once you try it at 60 it'll probably 30 will probably look a bit a bit awful <laughs> yeah going from 30 to 60 is a, is a big uh jump in i think it ran fine like original last of us you know you have uncharted all running at 30, that's always been the, the goal. And now going into next gen, they can handle the 60 frame uh, mode or really on PS4 Pro, that kind of unlocked those upgrades early on. But no, it looks great regardless. Um, there was some drama, at least on Twitter, some negative views on the fact that there was a $10 upgrade if you already own these. A lot of people wanted to be free. How do you feel about them charging for the PS5 upgrade if you already own these? Yeah, I think in this case, it's a little bit... Um... Of, of a shame i think you know they're fairly well they're not old games but you know they it's not it's not like this is something that people have been like wishing and wishing for um so yeah i think it's a bit a bit naff but is it um do you only have to own one of the you only have to own one of one of the other or something like that and then you can get the whole collection oh, yeah apparently it's either if you own four or own legacy um or God, what's the open world one that I'm blanking on now? Was it Legacy, Uncharted Legacy? If yeah, you own Lost that, Legacy. Lost Legacy, there you go. If you own that, I believe if you own the Uncharted collection, but I don't think that's... I feel like there was three that if you own them, then you have that option for the $10 upgrade. I feel like there was three. Yeah, there was a, an image that I ended up not finding in time for the stream that showed off another one that if you own that, you can unlock that $10 option. Um, the $10 doesn't really bother me um, because it feels like it's small enough of an amount of money and I bought the actual game so long ago that it doesn't really, you know, hurt me at the end of the day or bother me at the end of the day. Same with um with the Skyrim re-release on on PS5. There's that next gen version, which I watched my wife play a bunch of. She's a huge Skyrim fan and pretty much plays that game for the past 10 years. Like whatever anytime they re-release it, she's playing it again. And seeing it on PS5, it looks really great. And I paid, I think it was 20 bucks actually to unlock that upgrade, even though I owned the previous uh, re-release of that game and that still didn't bother me i know it's a i've bought that game so many times it's an old game it looked really good though i feel like if there's enough time that that spans from the last time i actually flat out bought the game 10 bucks isn't that crazy for me but i understand people rathering it being free say with like um god of war 2018 that got a free ps5 upgrade with uh, different fidelity modes although there wasn't the trigger feedback upgrade if i am not mistaken but yeah people are uh, kind of bummed um for me it doesn't really bother me yeah and no, that's, that's that's fair enough i mean yeah i think i think it yeah it, it definitely i think because it's older it can also make you feel like maybe like oh it's kind of like getting a new game um so yeah I, I i get that um but yeah i think it's hard when you do have other games that have done it for free and and obviously again looking at xbox where they they have a very uh you know nice way of upgrading their games and upgrading you know they load up pretty much every game to the point where it's it's not even worth uh announcing it anymore they kind of just announce like a list um yeah. 
so i can see what why i can see kind of both sides i mean yeah at the end of the day paying maybe 10 pounds or 10 dollars for an upgraded version of a, of a of a really big game that 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 hasn't really been in anyone's mind for a while is probably not going to be the end of the world but but then you do also have and i know it's it, it sounds like nothing to a lot of people but not having a separate trophy list is is also a bit of a bummer um especially considering the multiplayer is not included so you're not going to be able to True. get the multiplayer trophies um which is why i think it was a, a big surprise to me because uncharted 4 obviously has multiplayer trophies so um it's a a bit of a weird a weird one but again i know that that's not important to the vast majority of people (laughs) yeah possibly but there are a lot of trophy nuts out there and i'm just not never been one of them so it's like eh, yeah cool that it's there but i know it's a huge part of playstation so i'm going to understand that i might be the outlier too um with the last one here is just uh, some news on god of war 2018 pc release i don't know if the date's already been official but this was a release last week so we got a january 14th uh date on this and then some very nerdy pc specs it looks like it is going to be a pretty demanding game if you want the high ultra settings on this thing but um still i'm very excited to play this uh on pc although as i say that i don't know if i flat out want to buy it again just to see what it looks like on pc but i haven't played this game in a while i wouldn't mind continuing or or replaying the actual campaign because i think i was one and done besides going and finding the valkyries and stuff so i would uh, think about getting this on pc what do you think yeah, yeah, I, I, um, I think if I do want to play it again, but I think I'll just play the PS5 upgrade. Um, but yeah, it, it's awesome that it's going to PC, and I'm sure it'll look looking incredible. But yeah, the specs for 4K 60 is is uh, <laughs> interesting. Um, it's pretty much like max. You know, you can't really get much better than than the 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 specs it's asking for. So. Uh, I'm not sure many people will be playing at a 4K 60, but then again, that I guess that's with everything turned up to ultra. So, right. Um, but it's interesting to know how you know the PS5 does it, or what the difference between the two will be. I think if we, you know, if we can get, I'm sure there'll be like a digital foundry comparison between the 4K 60 uh, if they can get their hands on RTX 3080. That is, um, but I'm sure there'll be a comparison between the 4K 60 on PC and the 4K 60 on PS5. And it'll be interesting to see that because that's a real measuring stick for how uh, well these uh, consoles are, you know, holding up to what's currently top end uh, in the PC space. Uh, so it'll be a really, really good uh, measuring stick there. Yeah, it's a thing. If you're at all care about this kind of stuff, you got to watch out for Digital Foundry. They will absolutely dig into the details on this. They've done it for uh, Horizon. They've done it for uh, De- uh, Death Stranding. And <clears throat> there's the driving game in portland on the bikes i'm i'm blanking on the name for some reason but um anyways that got the pc release as well what they do is they will try and figure out what is the ps5 or ps4 um settings just by like matching all the visual quality and the frame rates and stuff and then show that and then compare it to the pc different settings and they do have yeah the 3080 3090 that they'll test out and i do like that lately they'll test out last gen graphics cards because obviously not everybody can get these 30 series yeah. cards or even just like any card in general so they'll see it on the 26 they'll display it on a 2060 2070 showing you what you can expect and yeah they go full blown into details and i love watching their stuff because they'll definitely do this for this title for sure yeah and i think it will just be you know very very interesting because if you know the, the the specs it's showing for 4k 60 ultra settings that's going to cost you like what two and a half thousand for a pc uh with with that kit in it so yeah it's you know you're comparing a two and a half thousand pound machine to 
what, like a $350 uh, machine or $450 even. Um, So yeah, it'll be very interesting to to see how how they hold up against each other. And I imagine it's not going to be massively, uh, massively different. Yeah, now one of the features they're supporting, it seems like at launch, is with NVIDIA, they have that DLSS mode, which will like, it will... I want to say toggle the resolution to keep performance at a certain way and, or vice versa. And so having that also will help you get whatever performance. So if you still have kind of base level cards, then you can still reach these uh, crazy uh, frame rates. Um, so they're going to have that to at least give you some options. So if you don't have that, you know, ultra level of uh, of a machine to achieve that. But um, yeah, no, it's cool. I love the options that are there. I always want to jump in and try, but I play it for like 10 minutes and then I just, so I stopped doing that. Like I bought Death Stranding on PC, uh, Days Gone is what I'm thinking about that to see how it looks, but I ended up not playing it. I just want to see how it performs on my PC. I got to stop doing that because it's just a waste of money. But uh, yeah, that's where Digital Foundry comes in. They show you everything. Yeah. Nice, Cal. We can edit there for the week. Uh, where can they find you online? Uh, I am on Twitter at Bear Monroe. Awesome. And you can find us as well on Twitter. Keep up with the show at Plastic Art Pod. That is it for us this week. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Are you getting uh, Christmassy over there? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really... I won't say I don't care about Christmas. Christmas is cool. It's fun. And I like to see everyone having a blast. But I just yeah. don't care. And But I'm not a curmudgeon where I'm going to stop other people from having fun. Go for it. Yeah. I just don't personally like... Yeah, but I think I think that's like the difference, isn't it? Is you have people who you can always tell if people really don't care about Christmas because they are just like just indifferent about it. Whereas you have people who you can just tell are like doing it for like their personality <laughs> and trying to like. Yeah, it's like when it's like it'll be like three days before Christmas Day and people are like, "Oh, why have they got their decorations up? It's not even Christmas yet." <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I am internally. <laughs> I think yeah. those people that are excited for Christmas, they have like hope for the future and for humanity, and I don't. And so I yeah. just like it's just another day to me. And I'm looking at it. I think for me, I, I I stopped liking Christmas. It was like a mixture of growing up and you know getting like your you know when you get like your first job and so you just buy yourself what you want um, rather than so for me it always used to be like when I was little we always used to be about the presents. Which oh, yeah. I think it is for a lot of kids. And then I kind of grew up, got a, like a job in like a bar, which meant then I had to work Christmas as well. So it was like a double oh. thing. Um, but ever since I've like got out of the hospitality industry and, you know, you, like when you start working at like an office or whatever and you get Christmas off, it's like you're able to like look forward to it just because you get time with time of work. And also like it's nice now I live like far from my family as well. It's like an excuse to go spend time with them as well. So um yeah it's kind of nice it's like a it's like an organic kind of way of like moving through the you know i've i've had the stage where i hated christmas and everything about it and then it kind of like i guess it changes doesn't it but yeah, but yeah i'm looking for look forward to the time off uh work and yeah i'm getting up to scotland so Ooh. uh that's gonna be some extreme weather up there probably but uh yeah i can't <laughs> wait <laughs> Yeah, is that soon? I know you mentioned like they give you like two weeks or whatever right around the holidays. Yeah, well, the, the majority of uh, people, uh, so we, we finish like officially on the 23rd. So it's not too much. You don't get too much time beforehand. And I think we're back on like the 3rd or 4th of January. Um, so I'm flying up on the 22nd. So my last day will be the 21st and then back 
whatever the first day is. Um, but it's quite nice because going up to Scotland and then I'm coming back um, to where I used to live in Bournemouth, sort of the Bournemouth area where my brother is. So I'm going to spend like New Year's there. So I'm kind of like getting to see everybody and enjoy like the time off and then nice and i got a whole year of work again so that'll be yeah <laughs> yippee my, my yeah. wife is saying the same thing because she works for this big call center in the states and um um uh, she's like yeah <clears throat> out of 365 days i get 20 i think it's like 20 paid days off which is like i guess on the better end for that for that um that level of whatever size co- uh, company it is but it's like 20 days out of 365 when you like do the math it's like yeah. oh something's not right here but... yeah it's, it's quite exciting because i because i joined like uh sumo and chinese room like a bit way through the year like i didn't get all my holiday days and stuff so i'm excited to like start the new year and have like a fresh like a uh, pool of holiday to take and yeah i think right. i might i was saying to my family because it was a bit of a scramble because i hadn't booked anything off christmas um so I had like one day left, I think, which is why I'm sort of leaving fairly late. Um, so I was saying, you know, like as soon as like Jan- like as soon as I'm back in January, I'll just book like two weeks off before Christmas or something. Right. Um, just so I get in there early and get it get it sorted. But but yeah, yeah. With my wife, it, it's pretty fucked up. They do these things called blackout time frames or blackout days where you can't request it. So they because they're uh season they deal with like customer service with orders so mm. people not getting them shipped or whatever kind of complications so during like thanksgiving especially around christmas everyone's shipping stuff and you know stuff is getting lost so they just can't request those days which is messed up but like they they tell them that from the get-go and you can still just like say oh i'm sick and just take off which is what a lot of people end up having to do so it's like get rid of these blackout days that are you're not stopping anybody from leaving it just like it makes it harder to then you forfeit your holiday pay it's a whole thing yeah, that's not. I mean, I think like most places do it where if there's multiple people off on a day, then maybe they'll be like, right, no one can take that day off. But yeah, to like yeah. blackout for everyone's pretty, uh, pretty harsh. But you know, it's just uh, so. But someone's got to do it, and they someone's got to. I guess so. Got to do it for the rest of humanity, <laughs> right? Somebody has that's to be there for felt. other people to yell at them. That's how I always felt working like Christmas Day at like re- at like a restaurant or a pub or something like someone's got to you know, feed these people with their family on, on Christmas day. True. So, um, we all got to play a part, but yeah, I think like at the end of the day, if you don't get the time off at Christmas, you'll get the time off somewhere else. And I think it all boils down to just not working. <laughs> yeah. That's what we all want to, we're realizing it's like, Oh, I don't think we all want to work or, or yeah. there's a lot of restructuring where it's like, I want to do what actually makes me happy to go be there. And yeah, it's a, yeah. I don't know what you, we can't fix it, but <laughs> something's got to be done. Well, Calm, I got the stories ready. How has your couple weeks been? Um, Very, very busy. Uh, and yeah, I wasn't, wasn't, didn't feel, wasn't feeling too great last week. I think just like, you know, mixture of, um, I think I like, might've had like a, a chesty something and also just working a lot, maybe a little bit burnt out, but we, um, we, I don't know what it's like in America, but the UK, we've got like an, a new variant of COVID, the Omicron. I don't know if it's like right. worldwide. The Optimus or Prime or whatever. That always gets yeah, scarier or scarier with the names. Yeah. Um, and so we're looking like we might be going into another, 
kind of lockdown. So, mm. um, so what's just happened, like with like a day's notice, is um, people having to work from home again. So um, that's obviously difficult because we've been like having people return to work full time and everything. So now we're having to like logistically think about how they're going to work from home. It's quite good at, at, at um, you know Studio IMAC because I've been quite proactive with hybrid kind of work in any way so we've got some good remote solutions set up so it should be fairly straightforward um but yeah it's going to be weird again it's going to be you know it's just going to it's basically it feels like very much like we were not even like halfway through normal return to normality with people coming back to work and now we're like all the way back to square one again so um it's a little bit tough to tough to swallow but um yeah, it's uh, it is what it is. Um, I won't be working from home because I've got to, you know, be at at work to you know switch on a PC if it's turned off or <laughs> or right. whatever and uh, stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, going to be, uh, I imagine, a difficult few months. Um, but yeah, hopefully it, it's uh, it, it's only like over the Christmas period. But yeah, and I don't know if you've seen recently in the news. You probably probably haven't, but uh, in the UK. Uh, we've just found out that our prime minister and the the conservatives who are like the party in in charge of or the you know the government um had a christmas party last year last christmas when it was in like when they were like telling everyone else to not yeah, meet up with of course and, god damn it um so yeah but i mean we all knew that you know the conservatives are uh you know a bunch of lying scumbags so um, I imagine they're like. I you, do you guys have conservatives in? You, you have, like, yeah, I guess for sure. I don't know if their ideals in, are the same, but we have a conservative uh, um, political side and more liberal political side. Yeah, yeah. Because because I, so, I always like, I always just imagine that like, is it the Republicans who are like the the rich people who hate the poor people? Yeah. Um, Usually, so I always yeah. just like, you know, I always kind of like just fit, fit, pitch them them two together. But yeah, we've. Um, yeah, we've had uh, the, the the conservatives, or we call them the Tories, um, ah. in charge for a while. And yeah, they're just a bunch of rich, uh, like proper stereotypical, like British, like top hat wearing, fox hunting, <laughs> just uh, yeah, hating the poor kind of people running the country. So that's that's good. Yeah. But yeah, so that, it's been quite interesting because now we've got like a kind of like a civil war going on in the in the Conservative Party because even people who voted for them are like. You know, I didn't ah. get to see my family at Christmas, and these guys are, and and it's and like the re, the way it got found out was there was like a video leaked where uh, of them at the party, and also they were doing like a mock press conference, like practicing if someone was going to ask about it, and they're basically Yikes. like laughing and everything, and so yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not good, it's not good climate at the moment over here, but uh, it never is really. <laughs> Dang, yeah, we had yeah. that happen on. A smaller scale here where like i think it was in california the governor this was months ago or maybe last year where they did the same thing they shut down but then they were caught um at this restaurant that the governor owned and having a party and it was a big deal and they were then they kind of had to explain why that they just uh you know that they met even though they're telling everyone and locking things down and it's a bunch of hypocrisy and it's like yeah it's you know we forget that or we never forget but these people in charge they're people and people can be assholes. And so it's like, mm -hmm. they can still be in there telling you one thing, but you know, not following the rules. And 
it's although it's good when that stuff does come to the surface and hopefully there's some yeah. change from it but yeah it sucks yeah. to see yeah hopefully uh yeah hopefully it means uh i mean personally i don't like i don't trust like any political i'm not on like a a side of political parties in britain um so yeah i just hope that it means like we just get something different next time like we just don't get these stupid uh people who have been running the country for for so long but i normally draw a um when i like go to vote i normally draw a, a dick sheep so like a sheep <laughs> made out of dicks uh me and my <laughs> friends do it because apparently if like enough people yeah do you like, gotta put them in charge yeah like apparently if enough people like protest vote like the same thing then it becomes an official vote like an official count because uh, they go down as like protest votes or something but yeah. if there's enough of the same ones if enough people drew dick sheeps and there'd be a dick sheep party which is my is my like life goal i think <laughs> they gotta find the sheep with some kind of weird uh birthmark yeah. on it and, and it's a black mirror episode basically yeah all right, Calm. Yeah, you got to just walk around your town with the the Guy Fox mask, and that's just your now your political lining. Yeah. Which my nephew loves those because that became because the internet synonymous with hackers. They have those masks on, so it's like, oh, I want to be a hacker. I got to get that Guy yeah. Fox mask, and then you know, start <laughs> yeah. typing on a keyboard. I mean, Brighton, where I live, is like the only place in england that is not represented by the conservatives it's represented by the green party who are like they're not they're never like even nearly like winning the election or anything they're always at one of the least represented parties but you know they're all about recycling and like a very very like left-leaning uh party so it's actually really nice being in brighton because you know the, the council are are uh you know run by the green party so it's kind of like a a little uh a fishbowl in brighton which is quite nice and it means that like whenever there's like outrage because of the you know the the conservatives then it's like proper like everyone's just in this on the same page which is which is quite yeah. nice <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right well we can jump into the show if you're ready i'm gonna send out this link <clears throat> here I'm streaming on YouTube now. I'm not, uh, not that it matters. I'm going to try jumping around and seeing how to get some more views yeah, and all cool. that. Um, I think yeah. maybe we need to, we need to put like a uh, sexual things in the, in the title or the thumbnail or something. Yeah. Maybe that I'm always hoping that you bring that crowd in just with your, <laughs> with your charming looks. You got the accent too. It's like, so, but it hasn't worked yet. It's been like a no, year to year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 